Now presenting. And I'm so sick of people saying that that love is just all a woman is fit for. I'm so sick of it. The Cinema Chicks Podcast. Maybe I'm one of those people that has always wanted to do it, but it's like a pipe dream. Totally by guess. Snap out of it. Starring Hope Johansson. I'm not a poet. I'm just a woman. And Madeline Rancourt. Yeah, Call me Ladybird like Christine. you said you would. Hey, I'm Hope. Hey, I'm Madeline. And we are the Cinema Chicks. Hope, let's hop right into the movie that we are talking about today. A24's latest release, which I honestly feel like they've been coming out with so, so much recently with Zola. And then today's movie, The Green Knight, which is written and directed by David Lowry. And it's starring one of my all-time faves, Dev Patel, Alicia Vikander, and Joel Edgerton. This movie, I will be completely honest, is not necessarily my normal cup of tea. I've never seen any of the Lord of the Rings movies, never seen, I don't know, just something like this, I guess. I'm not really into like the fables. I have tried so hard to watch The King with Timothy Chalamet and Robert Pattinson, and I also just can't get into that. So going into this, I was like, mm, is this going to be the movie for me? And honestly, I'm still unpacking it because so much happened, but also I feel like not a ton happened. For anyone who doesn't know, this movie is based on 14th century poem from King Arthur's Round Table. And I do like that they like made a modern adaptation about this. I mean, it obviously still takes place during that time, but you know, it's a, it's a newer take, fresh ideas. And I appreciated that, but it was just, a little too odd for me and it makes me want to read that poem because I am very curious about what actually happens in that and what happened in the movie. Where do people take like artistic liberties and I don't know if I was a huge King Arthur's Round Table fan would I be like excuse me you took this way too far? I don't really know. Well I had to read the whole book of King Arthur and his Knights of the Round Table with all the fables in it in oh, high school. That was part of uh, the English curriculum in Indiana. <laughs> so the basic plots of the stories of Sir Gawain uh, in this film and in the book, it, it's generally the gist of it is exactly the same. So yeah. it I don't feel like it strayed too far from the original story but then again like that wasn't my favorite thing I read sophomore year of high school <laughs> but I, I will say this is one of the fables from the collection that I enjoy more so I think it's very interesting that they brought it to the big screen and I like you said Madeline am not a super big fan of like medieval movies. I mean, y'all know I love Katherine Hepburn too. And I had an incredibly hard time watching A Lion in Winter. You did? I hate that movie. <gasps> it's awful. Ugh. No, no. I love that movie. Why? Then you should like this. <laughs> well, I, mean, I, I did like this. I don't know. I Maybe I need to watch more of these movies because I, I don't know. I like that movie. I do have to get past the heightened language that is something that i have always struggled with okay and i find myself like translating while listening to it so that way i can like understand it better but then i'm like wait 
you're, you're talking too fast. Like it almost sounds like a different language to me. And I think that also comes from doing theater and breaking down what the character is actually saying and like figuring out what like Shakespeare's heightened language actually means and like a modern translation and like understanding the depth of these words. And like, I don't know, I guess I'm like, I feel like I'm evaluating what I'm listening to while listening to it and trying to pick up what's happening, but also enjoy it. And it's, it's a little too much for me. And maybe I just need to like, listen to it more, watch this sort of stuff more. I know people like are obsessed with Shakespeare. And that's what a lot of people spend their like life studying. I personally, I will go out and say it. I'm not the biggest like renaissance geek and into that whole sort of thing i also think like this would have been interesting had they put it in modern day it doesn't have to be in america but maybe modern day somewhere in europe or in india or i don't know something in asia maybe russia i don't know i think the concept of this story and this sort of commoner then being in charge of taking over this mysterious green knight and almost like saving the town and then being the next to the throne is a concept that could be adapted at any time, I think. So I don't know. It, it almost reminds me of like the adaptation of Romeo and Juliet and where it's placed in like a modern day and, and tons of people have done that. And I think it would have been a little interesting to see that, but maybe that's just me kind of, I don't know, not having so much of an interest for this like 14th century sort of moment that they have going on. But this film was visually stunning. I'm obsessed with the colors. I'm obsessed with Dev Patel. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, it visually stunning because of Dev Patel. <laughs> um, yeah, what what a guy. And like, not even just because he's pretty to look at. Like, he's also a fantastic actor, and I think he delivered an incredible performance. And I think he's definitely one of the more underrated male actors in Hollywood oh, right for now. Sure. So I, I am happy that he is headlining um, a more serious film like this for a distribution company that has a huge clout following. So tons of people are going to watch this, you know, like us, even though it's out of our comfort zone, but because A24 produced it, people are going to be uh, all up in it going to the theater to see this. So yeah, maybe it'll get Dev some more hype. Maybe it'll get him his next gig. I think he did a fantastic job and yes, pretty. Very pretty. No, I have to agree. It was very exciting to see him. Obviously, we've seen him in lead roles before. But for a lot of this, it's about his character on the journey to go to the Green Knight a year after beheading the Green Knight on Christmas Day. And a lot of this journey is a lot of him sort of solo finding his way across this country, town, I'm not really sure. And the people that he meets along the way, the fox that he sees, the people of the town, this like haunting ghost figure who he needs to find her head. And then these people who he encounters and then he arrives in their home and he like, I guess has sex with the girl. And then the guy there kisses him. That was all a little bit weird. It 
felt out of the norm for this genre too, yeah. which is great. You know, let's bend conventions. I'm all for it, but also very not even left field, maybe like right field. I don't know. Yeah, it was it it was a little shocking for me. Um, I'm trying to think of the moment. I know there was a moment where I literally gasped and put my hand on my mouth and was like, "Excuse me, what?" I don't think it was the kiss moment, but it was towards the end of the film when oh, I no, I don't even remember. Honestly, a lot of this was very shocking to me, and I towards the end. The middle was not slow. I felt like the pacing was very good. We're introduced to more characters. We're on his journey. Nothing of it really lagged, but towards the end, it was really picking up. And I knew that this film going into it, it was like two hours and like 10 minutes. So I knew that going into it and I was like, oh my gosh, like it, it's going to be ending soon. And I really don't know how it's going to end. And then it started picking up and then it was sort of like, we realized what he just saw was all just a vision while he was waiting to be beheaded. So that was all very interesting. Oh wait, oh my God. I'm just seeing there was a post credit scene. <gasps> there was? Yeah, post credit scene shows a young girl finding the king's crown and putting it on her head. <gasps> I need to go see it again. No, it's probably posted somewhere online. I'll just watch that. But I literally just saw this in theaters. And after our, I was with friends and I was like, uh, I got to go. That was we because we all kind of turned to each other. And I'm like, we need to unpack this. Yeah, what just happened what to us? What kind of just happened? Because we all kind of agreed that was not the movie that we would normally go see. But Dev Patel in A24, as we have mentioned. And podcast, because you film lovers are keeping up with the new movies that are going on. So we're trying to be like hip and with it. And yeah. Also Dev Patel. Exactly. Get it. Right. And we have to review a little bit more than just films like Booksmart and Shiva Baby, even though that's kind of our niche. Our niche. But, you know, we're, we're stretching out and, you know. We're trying doing it for the people. Doing it for the people. We did this for you. <laughs> but really, I, I did enjoy this. Leaving the theater, I was like, I'm sorry, kind of what just happened? Because I'm not sort of used to this um, sort of like 14th century heightened language, fox talking, uh, these sort of larger than life, like stone people sort of like walking around and like trying to touch him but guiding him around and then him being like his horse being taken i don't know it was honestly like a lot happening but it wasn't really like i felt like the pacing i could handle it i could mm -hmm. handle what was happening but leaving the theater i was kind of like whoa what what did we just watch because that wasn't what i would normally watch that's not necessarily like a female-led sort of drama but that doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it. But honestly, leaving the theater after this, I would say I did really enjoy this. I would recommend it to a lot of people because if anything, I mean, this isn't my piece of cake. So I would recommend it for people who maybe it's not their piece of cake either because visually it was absolutely stunning. The colors were incredible. The costume design in this. Oh, I loved so, so much because even just like the people's hair and the textures of everything was beautiful and very rich colors. Uh, Dev's character has this sort of like mustard shawl over him for a lot of it, which was beautiful. And I almost, it almost looked like a, almost like a 
a fleece. I don't know. It looked almost like a blanket, and I loved that. And just the colors and the shots were incredible. The cinematography is by Andrew Droz Palermo, and I need what to. What else has he done? I don't know. I need to check out the rest of his work. It says that he worked on a teacher in 2013, mm. which I haven't seen, but I watched the TV version and didn't like it. Oh. He did A Ghost Story, which also was directed by David Lowry. So clearly they're kind of a, a tag team. Oh, he directed one and two with uh, Kiernan Chipka and Timothy Chalamet, which uh, I also have not seen. So I'm sorry, Andrew, I'll need to check out the rest of your work because this really was visually stunning and I really enjoyed the work. And honestly, like... That kept me very interested. After talking to my friends, like when we all left the theater, I was like, you know, that wasn't storyline wise what I would usually go for. But I was so intrigued because it was visually stunning. And the storyline and the structure and the pacing, like I said, I think served the story really well. And the way that it is, it's set up so that at the beginning, you pretty much find out early on he beheaded the Green Knight and in a year he needs to go and basically do the same thing. He needs to fight the Green Knight again. So the whole time you're kind of leading up to this fight. So you pretty much know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to be the outcome. But it really did a nice job of keeping the audience attention and having the viewers know what's going to happen, but still sort of keeping that mystery of like what is going to happen along the journey. And I really appreciated the way that they had these sort of titles that broke up the story. Mm -hmm. So very, very classically structured. Very, very. It is similar to the last night 24 film we watched Zola. That also right. had a very classical structure to it. Yeah. So I'm, that's the common thread, though, that I'm fascinated by is, like, are we returning to a very, like, old school, mm. more theatrical film viewing experience, like, in the post-COVID world? Right. I don't know. I mean, I would, I would like to see that. I mean, I like to watch films that don't have a super clear structure, but I also think a story like this and a story like Zola, where both of these are... Very different, but they both are adaptations and seeing how they've built a film around it. And as far as I know, both of these stories have, you know, of course, had to have a little bit of like dramatic liberties taken and a little bit of stretching the stories to make it work for the screen. And I like I like this. I think the structure works well. I'm very interested to see if maybe this is like A24's new thing. I saw the trailer for Lamb, their new film, while waiting to watch this movie. And that seems very, very odd. Um, this whole Lamb child and this woman crying and it's in a different language, which I think is pr pretty new for A24. I don't really think I know of um, any, any for foreign films that they've done. I can't think of any. I'm sorry to the diehard A24 fans. I mean, I consider myself one, but mm -hmm. maybe maybe I'm, I'm blanking on that. But 
I'm also excited to see that, but just watching the trailer, I, I don't suspect that that is going to have a similar structure that these kind of did in this almost broken up into acts. And I think for a story like this, as a viewer, as I've said a million and a half times already, where this wasn't necessarily something I would normally go see, having that helped. And it honestly kind of prepared me for what was going to happen. It was like, now the journey. And then, you know, this encounter and meeting this person. And now he's going to see the Green Knight. And now it's Christmas morning and all of that. I think, if anything, it really added to the film. And it had this beautiful font that was very storybook. So if anything, if people would be upset that they, you know, broke up the story like that, I think it was an ode to what it was adapting. Just like how with Zola, they did a lot of that with sort of social media and the Twitter noises and the like lock screen phone and the clock on the top. I think I think that is um, kind of a, a neat concept and artistic choice that I enjoyed. Yeah, overall, artistically speaking, I think this is a great piece. It's not content that I think would do well for everyone, but somehow they made it into a film that everyone can find a little something that they like, whether you're a more um, bookish uh, screenplay person, you can appreciate the structure of the film. If you are a very visually minded person, like the, the costumes and the cinematography, and honestly the sets or just very, very visually appealing and very different from anything that's out on the market right now. Or if you're like into the whole medieval knights cutting off of the heads and the sitting around in forests kind of thing, <laughs> like that's there for you too. So strange crowd pleaser. I think is my consensus. Yeah, I would agree. I would definitely say that I think this is Cinema Chicks approved. I don't think I would recommend it to like, no offense to my family if you're listening, but I don't think I'd recommend it to them because I think I was talking to my friends after and I was like, I'm worried that if I watched this at home, I probably would have turned it off just because this is the sort of thing that I don't think normally would hold my attention. And at home, I do struggle. Like, I have so many distractions and noises and my phone and all these different things going on. So watching a movie like this in theaters definitely helped. And, I mean, obviously, one of the major components to me enjoying this was because it was so visually stunning and the colors and the sound and the music was great. And I think a lot of those components you can only truly appreciate in the movie theater. So I'm glad that... I want to say that they had this ready before the pandemic and that they held off and released it now. And it's like a summer blockbuster coming out with Jungle Cruise and all these other films. And it's giving something to yeah, these other audiences. And I think it's also something pretty out there for A24. They don't do a ton of period pieces and um, sort of Lord of the Rings style things. So I think this is kind of out there and it's exciting because if anything, I think 
A24, the sort of new audience that they've grown since the pandemic is probably fans of like Euphoria and Lady Bird and sort of teen things. And I think this is um, maybe appealing to a different audience, like you said, and getting more people on the A24 train, which I'm all about. <laughs> Absolutely. I am all for the A24 train, like every basic film girl out there. Yeah. I can't help it. It's in my blood. It's in my blood. A24 forever. No. I actually saw this TikTok where somebody was like, people need to stop praising A24. It's just distribution. Like, they don't make the films. They just pick them up and buy them. And I was like, okay, enough of the slander. Let me believe what I want to believe. But they pick the good ones. They pick the good ones and I support it. And I just know going into it that there's a really good chance that I'm going to enjoy it because I really like a lot of their films. And you know what? If that's like a safety net for me going into an A24 movie and knowing that I'm probably going to enjoy it, I'm going to take it. It's fine. There should be no shame in the game. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed, you can rate and review us on your favorite podcast platforms. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at the Cinema Chicks and on TikTok at Cinema Chicks. And if you want to be friends, you can follow me on Instagram at Madeline Daisy Rancourt and on Letterboxd at Madeline Daisy, where I have rated and reviewed this film because I loved it. Or you can follow me on Instagram at Hope Johansson and on Letterboxd at HJoha. And before we end today, we'd like to thank our sponsors. Adorable foxes who talk? Stunning costumes. And my favorite, Dev Patel. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad we had that talk. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs>